Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of a new American Town podcast. This is Aaron Mullins. I am the Director of Marketing and Communications for Visit Bentonville, and it is great to have you with us. I'm excited about today's episode um, because we have never had a Grand Life Master in the studio before. Uh, you may be asking yourself, what is, what is a Grand Life Master? Well, you're about to find out because we have Mr. Jerry Helms uh, with us sitting across the table from me. Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good, good. Well, it is a, it is a real privilege to have you here. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so what are we talking about? There is a major uh, Bentonville Bridge Tournament uh, happening this week, which is going to be taking place um, August 4th through the 5th. And uh, Jerry is here, and he's actually going to be leading some workshops, which are taking place, uh, as I understand it, today and tomorrow, right? Like that the, is correct. The, the third and the fourth. And um, there's a reason for that. I'm just going to give kind of some quick highlights, Jerry, and then I'd love to let's, – let's share with the folks a little bit uh, about how your history and how you sort of got to, uh, to this point as a Grand Life Master. But along with being a Grand Life Master, which is the highest-ranking – uh, in bridge that you can have, uh, Jerry has appeared in 31 consecutive times on the American contract bridge league top 500 list. And, uh, he's also a featured columnist in uh, better bridge magazine and the ACBL bulletin. Uh, so Jerry, let's just assume that a lot of people listening to this I'm sure a lot of people do understand Bridge, but there's probably a lot of people that don't have never interacted with Bridge before. And so uh, give us a little bit of your history. How did you get connected with the game of Bridge, and, and how did that progress to where you are today? Well, in my family, uh, cards were always an important thing, but not Bridge. We played uh, Setback, Rummy, Canasta, Gin, you, you name it, we played it. Uh, my brother, who was a few years older, was in college, and one weekend he came home and decided he was teaching the family bridge. So we played bridge one weekend, he went back to college, and we went back to what we normally did. A few years later, when I went to college, at some point, uh, somebody said, was anybody here know how to play bridge? And I said, well, I do, which was blatantly not true. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So I started playing in college. That's how I got started. Okay. And um, then I, uh, I could come up with a lot of uh, fabricated tales of how I became a professional with this, but uh, I was basically just lucky. I apparently had some talent to play the game, and mm. I'm not exactly shy, so I would have people who would uh, ask if I might be interested in doing a, a lesson for four people in their home, um, and it just really kind of spiraled. Um, I've been very, very, very fortunate. At some place, there was a, uh, I started teaching you know, as a way to supplement my income. And there's a place called the Cloister down in Sea Island, Georgia, which is a five-star upscale resort uh, on a par with the Green Bar, maybe a slight above that. And uh, once you can give me the compressed story, I got an opportunity to come down and uh, leading workshops for them that would typically be uh, four days in duration. And at some point I was doing uh, five or six of those a year, hmm. and I'd be in front of 150 to 200 people and I must have done something right because people would leave and say, gee, have you ever considered coming to our club and doing this sort of thing? And uh, somehow I found the word, uh, sure, <laughs> and it, uh, it spiraled. That's really interesting. So do the workshops center around uh, 
sort of skills training or well, yeah, strategy? I, I can't teach anybody how to play bridge in a short period of time, mm-hmm. but I'm convinced you give me the parameters of the people who are going to be involved and I can help them be better than they were after leaving my workshop. Right. Okay. Okay. That's great. And so what's sort of the uh, age group would you say typically for bridge players? It's definitely uh, the uh, average age of the bridge player, especially the tournament player, is getting in increasingly older. Hmm. And uh, that is a problem that they're trying to address. Right. Um, the truth is the older players have both the time and frequently the income to afford. I, I was in Providence, Rhode Island two weeks ago. Um, it's not for a 10-day major national tournament. Well, it's not inexpensive to fly into Providence, uh, mm-hmm. book a hotel room for $200 plus, pay uh, $60 a day entry fees. So uh, for that reason, you know, the older population, there are significant attempts to regain the youth players. Uh, Europe, sadly, is, well, I guess not sadly because it's a good thing somebody is, is probably doing a better job developing younger players than we are here in the U.S., However, there, uh, there are pockets of places, notably Atlanta, where there's an organization called Atlanta uh, Junior Bridge, hmm. where a friend of mine named Patty Tucker is doing a phenomenal job at uh, getting bridge into schools where you're seeing uh, you know, people seven years old who are peering over their cards and learning <laughs> you know, how to play a card game. And, uh, you know, and I think the impact of the Internet uh, cannot be ignored anywhere. Right. Uh, because of COVID, a lot of uh, face-to-face bridge just shut down entirely. But then there is a, a website called uh, BBO Bridge Base Online, where you can log into that and sometimes have seventy or 80,000 people playing simultaneously all over the world. Wow. Now, my hopes are that that might attract some of the younger players who, you know, who are um, gadget-oriented, <laughs> computer-oriented. Right. Uh, to start the game and then seek perhaps a little more social environment. Long answer to a short question. No, that's great. That's great. That's that's really interesting. And these bridge tournaments uh, can get to be pretty large, right? I mean, we're so Visit Bentonville is helping to sponsor uh, this bridge tournament um, with a local uh, bridge uh, organization, um, and uh, I believe it's our first time. Uh, doing that here. And uh, I think it's something that we're wanting to sort of uh, build off of. Uh, what? Are, give me some numbers. Like what's, what's you know, some of the larger tournaments that you've been to, well, how, how, how big can those get usually? Well, you, tournaments essentially break into three categories. You've got uh, local, what are called sectionals, mm-hmm. followed by bigger regionals, followed by the granddaddy, which are three major national tournaments every year. Mm. Uh, the tournament here is something of a hybrid. Uh, it's called a non-Life Master Regional Slash Open Sectional. To achieve Life Master status, you have to accumulate uh, a certain number of Master Points. Uh, master Points are awarded based on the size of the field, uh, sometimes the strength of the field, and you have to reach, uh, to be a Life Master now, it's, I believe they've moved it up to 500 total points. But of those points, a certain amount have to be pigmented, called gold points. Hmm. And gold points can only be won at regional or national tournaments. So um, the elusive gold point for many players uh, was very difficult to achieve when they had to play in an open section against perhaps experienced players like myself. 
So they have started tournaments that are restricted. This tournament, anybody who is a non-life master can play in that regional, and if they if their performance merits, they can get some of the goal points, which is you know what they're striving for. But in terms of numbers, uh, you'll probably have 30, 40 tables a day here playing. Oh, wow. um, when I was in Providence, Rhode Island, you might as well call it a world tournament because uh, if you get to the final day of most national events, uh, most of the names I can't pronounce, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but uh, there would be uh, thousands of people playing. Wow! It's just uh, it, it impacts on a city that's unbelievable. This will have an impact on your city because people are coming from all over uh, to both just enjoy the game and to uh, you know work towards a goal, which many people have for quite a long period. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And that, that I think that was really the the attractive piece to us, uh, uh, you know, hosting a tournament where we we understood there were a lot of people that would that would travel in. This morning, as I was having breakfast, uh, a lady from St. Louis that had been in a workshop I did three or four weeks ago hmm. came up and said hello and said that she had primarily come down because a she needed the gold points and b she noticed I was going to be here. But so you know, you're bringing people into your city for. Uh, reasons that they wouldn't have otherwise that is really that's really fantastic really fantastic. so what what would you say is the biggest draw for people to bridge because there's a lot of games that people could play right and spend well time on. let's see if i can give you a couple of examples that might help you understand bill gates who uh, most of us know who he is and he's done a few things pretty well i've heard of him has a uh, full-time bridge tutor on staff for him personally, and really? has had for the last 15 years. Huh. Um, uh, Warren Buffett uh, was once quoted as saying that if they ever sentenced him to prison for any reason, as long as there were three other reasonably good bridge players there, he didn't think he'd be a bad thing. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, of course I'm prejudiced, but it's the ultimate card game. Yeah. Uh, unlike chess, if you and I both played chess, and I know how to men move, but that's about it. But if we played chess together and I'm better than you, I will beat you every time we play if I pay attention. Mm-hmm. Bridge, if I play with a partner, and that's a big key. you got to have a partner bridge, two people playing. I don't care how good you are. If you can't bring out at least a certain level to a partner, you won't be successful. Mm. But you can never completely eliminate luck in bridge. You can minimize it, but you cannot eliminate it. Um, and it, it, it's... It's an ultimate study. I don't care how intelligent you are. I don't care how hard you work. You will never master the game because there's too much to it. Um, A good friend of mine was a specialist in artificial intelligence, and um, he worked at creating computer games. And uh, as a matter of fact, his uh, biggest achievement, uh, are you familiar with the old uh, the game Go. It's a Chinese oh, yeah. game. Mm-hmm. All right. It, it's even though it was originally played in the dirt with stones, it's one of the more complex games that's ever been. And my friend had actually competed in the Go World Championships uh, for machines, and had created a program that actually won a world championship. And I asked him if he was working on bridge, and he laughed. He said, "It's impossible. Uh, you know, like on a chessboard, if there's a move to make." There's one that's better. Right. In bridge, the game rewards things like probably, generally, usually, most mm. likely, tends mm. to be. You can't eliminate uh, at one table if one person does one thing and the other one says pass. That's different than if somebody does something and the other person interjects into the auction. So there, there's, there's too many variables to, wow. ever, to ever accomplish. So it's, it's complicated, but it can be played at the base level. 
just for fun in people's homes. People do it all the time. They're, they're what I call closet bridge players. But then if you choose, you can continue to compete to the highest levels. And, uh, you know, once again, it's, it's an ultimate game, I think. That's, that's, really, uh, that's really interesting. And so how long do the games usually last? And, uh, and, and this may be kind of a weird question, but I'm thinking about uh, sort of the conversation. I mean, it, 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 seems, it seems very, it, obviously it's very strategic. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. And, um, but once the game's over, like, you know, the socializing, what, uh, what are the, some of those conversations kind of? Well, the socializing typically uh, would be something that would sound like you were listening to people in a foreign language. Board seven, did you lead a spade? Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, what happened? Well, he won the ace and dummy, and then he led a club. I don't know why he led a club. Uh, my wife has unfortunately been placed into situations where she's been amongst a lot of my friends who are experienced players. Yeah. And I, I still vividly remember when we were dating, one time I had some people over, and I, I found her sitting on the corner of a sofa just sort of rocking back and forth. And I said, <laughs> honey, what's wrong? She looked at me and said, these people talk funny. <laughs> so, so the socializing after the game can be uh, just like any other socializing. How have you been? What are you doing? Are you going right. to the game? But uh, amongst the uh, the true players, uh, the conversation centers on what happened. Uh, the games generally generate a sheet of paper that shows you all four hands of every hand that you actually played during mm. that session. Yeah. So you can see what your partner held. You can see what your left-hand opponent held, what your right-hand opponent held. You can compare what happened at your table to somebody else's table. Then you can say, well, how did, how did you do that? That's, you know, it's uh, so... That's why the bars need to be open after a bridge game. That's right, yeah. <laughs> As a watering hole gathering spot. <laughs> note, note to all the uh, Bentonville establishments. Exactly. Sure you open keep... your bars. <laughs> That's exactly. That's exactly right. So uh, I understand you've written uh, a few books over the years I have. Uh, as well. How, how many in total? Well, I've written three. Okay. Um, the first was uh, a really sort of a brief pamphlet on a particular system convention to use, but the last two are the ones I'm most proud of. I, I write uh, a monthly article for the American Contract Bridge League Bulletin, and the title of my article is Ask Jerry. I'm sort of like the Dear Abby for bridge players. <laughs> <laughs> so I get uh, numerous questions uh, that I then reply. I, I reply to every question I get, and I pick the best ones to put in print. So a few years ago, we decided to uh, uh, compile a bunch of my articles and turn them into a book. And it's kind of a, I think, funny side story. My assistant, who's been with me for about 20 years, thought this was going to be, you know, really, really easy to do because it was just pulling them out and, you know, almost staking together. About two weeks into the project, she looked at me in total disgust and said, you can't even plagiarize yourself. <laughs> well, I kept seeing ways I could have done it better. So anyway, uh, one book is The Best of Ask Jerry, which is older articles. But the most recent one is uh, one I'm particularly proud of. It's called Over My Shoulder. There was an uh, oncologist who retired in Charlotte. His name was Tom Troutman. If he hadn't been busy being a successful doctor and family man and businessman, he would have been a really good player. But instead, he was just... A good player. <laughs> right. But he kept uh, detailed notes of situations that he had encountered at the bridge table. He brought them to me and we turned it into a book. Hmm. So what you have is like 80 examples of what a real strong intermediate player did at the table. What did he lead? What did he bid? Did he move towards whatever? And he gave his logic and rationale to the action he took. And then as if I was over his shoulder, I came in and weighed in on what Maybe he missed, or what might have been something he could or should have been thinking huh. about. And it's, uh, 
I think a very effective teaching tool because, as we all know, a lot of people don't want to read a book. For some people, a chapter is a bit too much. Right. Well, this is a series of just 80 situations that are capsulized in no more than a page and a half. Each is independent on its own. Mm. So from a study standpoint, you can look at a scenario, see what he did, see what I thought, see a wrap-up, close the book, go to bed, <laughs> come back next week, and look at the next one if you want to. So, um, yes. That's, That's uh, really great. That's really great. So a little bit more in bite-sized pieces. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. And so where, where can people find these books? Where are they available? Well, you can buy them directly from me. I have a total self-serving website. It's uh, really hard to remember. Uh, Jerry at jerryhelms.com. <laughs> you can also get them from the major book suppliers, which um, you can just Google. Baron Bridge Supplies is the biggest one. But then I have... Cleverly enough, I brought a supply with me here. I don't know what made me do that, but uh, <laughs> they're available. Even you can have one, which you could take home. And uh, it's really kind of neat. There was a lady who's a graphic artist. When she found out I was going to be creating a couple of books, she asked if she could get involved. I can't tell you there's anything of use within the pages of my book, but the covers are killer. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps. That always helps. Now, uh, is this your first time in Bentonville? It is. Yeah, Northwest Arkansas in general. In general. And when did you get in? Uh, yesterday afternoon. Okay. What? But besides besides the the heat that we're having here, uh, just like the rest of the country, it, it seems like. Uh, what what have you What do you think about it so far? Well, I guess the most obvious thing was the huge Walmart presence. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you get off the. Um, plane and you get into a car and you see uh, distribution centers and you see uh, corporate offices and you see stores. And uh, I knew nothing uh, of the city until, you know, they asked me to come here and then I Google and oh, wow, I'm coming to the home of Walmart. Right, uh, right. It's uh, larger than I thought. It has uh, more corporate impact from, from what I understand, both Walmart and I think Purdue and J.B. Mm -hmm. Hunt. So it's a uh, a lot different than what I would have expected in a positive sense. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And will you have some time to uh, get out and maybe visit the Walmart Museum, Crystal Bridges? Very little. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, if you were to take a, um, a pinprick and put it on maps of all the places I've been in my life, I have traveled extensively. Unfortunately, a lot of my travel involves getting to a hotel, checking in, doing what I do, getting back, and going to a plane. So very little, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'll take a few days extra, but I've, uh, I've been on a real busy roll here the last several months. So. Been on a tear. On a tear, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, we, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time today. It's great to have you here in town. Uh, we hope we pique your interest enough to where maybe uh, when you're back in this area of the country again, you'll you'll stop in and enjoy. Uh, you definitely have to check out Crystal Bridges. Whether that's it's what you know, so another. many people have told me that I regret now that I didn't come in earlier. But yeah. uh, maybe with a little bit of luck, I will uh, dazzle them, and they'll ask me to come back next <laughs> year. And if that happens, I will certainly come out a day early and try to take advantage of some of the, the things that are here that I was unaware of. Absolutely. And since you make your wife go through these really difficult 
conversations in your living room with other mm-hmm. players bring her along and, and, and let her uh let her experience uh the fear factor may keep her away she might be afraid that's what it was but if i if i convince her about the museum she'd probably come that'd be great that'd be great well jerry thanks for doing this uh it's exciting to have you and the and the rest of the tournament players uh, here in town for the next few days this is going to be uh fantastic we're looking forward to helping to host just an uber successful event and building off that uh for the future anything uh you want to say before we? no uh, I, I just uh i think i'd like to personally thank you for the assistance you've given to laura Beatty, the uh, head of the uh, tournament here because she uh she did suggest that it was the assistance from your group that really went a long way and also to encourage people to uh, look into the game contact uh, the local organizers there are our local bridge games that happen four or five times a week. There are teachers out there willing to teach. Uh, you can actually uh, uh, find bridge online. And uh, I, I would tell you that the, the benefits are numerous, uh, which have been documented. Uh, it's not that it makes you smarter, but people who play bridge tend to maintain more of what they had longer than people who don't use their brain. Uh, there have been studies that suggest that uh, active bridge players' immune systems are stronger than others. So there's Other than the fact that it's a great game, there's some good health reasons to look into it. But thank you very much for inviting me, and I I appreciate being here. Absolutely. Jerry, this has really been a pleasure. And uh, Jerry mentioned his website. Check that out. Make sure you check out the books that are available as well. Uh, They they really sound uh, great for some some summer reading, for sure. And uh, check into the game of Bridge. Uh, Sounds fun. Really interesting. And uh, also, if you're planning your trip to Bentonville, uh, you can check out our website, which is visitbentonville.com, or follow us on um, all of our social channels where we're constantly giving updates of the latest and greatest taking place in our city. So uh, this has been another fantastic episode of A New American Town podcast. We will see you next time. <laughs>